Okay, so the, the passage is uh, John chapter 5. I'm going to start from verse 18. And we'll read up to the end of the chapter, which is verse 47. So that's John chapter 5, starting at verse 18. This is why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him. Because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. So Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing. For Whatever the father does, <clears throat> that the son does likewise. For the father loves the son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater work than these will he show him, so that you may marvel. For as the father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the son gives life to whom he will. The father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the son, that all may honour the son, just as they honour the father. Whoever does not honour the son does not honour the father who sent him. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word, and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but passes from death to life. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who will hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the son of man. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. I can do nothing on my own. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. If I alone bear witness about myself, my testimony is not true. There is another who bears witness about me. And I know that the testimony that he bears about me is true. You sent to John and he has borne witness to the truth. Not that the testimony that I receive is from man, but I say these things that you may be saved. He was a burning and shining lamp, and you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. But the testimony that I have is greater than that of John's. For the works that the Father has given me to accomplish, the very works that I am doing, bear witness about me that the Father has sent me. And the Father who sent me has himself borne witness about me. His voice you have never heard, his form you have never seen, and you do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe the one whom he has sent. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. But it is they that bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. I do not receive glory from people. But I know that you do not have the love of God within you. I have come in my father's name. And you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, you will receive him. How can you believe when you receive glory from one another and do not seek the glory that comes from the only God? Do you not think I will accuse you to the do not think that I will accuse you to the Father? There is one who accuses you, 
Moses, on whom you have set your hope. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? Ethan, thanks very much for reading the passage for us. Um, if you're in the room, help yourself to more food if you like. Um, and there's a handout for you to follow, uh, both via the email and also on the tables, and that will help you to follow along. Well, here's a secret I've not told anyone before. You ready for it? I'm God. I'm God. I created you. I am in charge. I am God. Well, what do you think of me? Um, a man claiming to be God, a bit crazy, uh, probably a bit mad. I've lost my marbles. Well, do you realize that's the claim that Christians make, uh, that Jesus is God? The divinity of Jesus, one of the most extreme claims of the Christian faith. Uh, God walking this earth as a man. It sounds crazy, you know, if you, you stop to think about it. But at the same time, it's the central doctrine of the Christian faith, uh, salvation. Justification, sanctification, um, all the shins, um, all of them rise and fall on the divinity of Jesus. And it's no surprise that two big monotheistic religions, both Judaism and Islam, they reject that Jesus is God. Uh, Jesus says God is one. Islam says God couldn't have died on the cross. Muhammad, being the last prophet, supersedes Jesus, and therefore he's right. So how can one believe that Jesus is God? And if you call yourself a Christian today, do you know how crazy that sounds? But you see, the divinity of Jesus is not only a question for the academics. Uh, it really impacts our day to day because it deals with the issue of authority. See, if Jesus is God, uh, he sets the rules, not us. Uh, he is right and we are wrong. He's right about work, family, marriage, life. You see, it's an issue of authority. So that's the question we're going to be thinking about today. How can one really believe that Jesus is God? Has he lost his marbles or is he really in charge? Well, looks, uh, let's look at our passage today. Well, you know that we're in a series from John 5 to 10. And last week, if you were here, um, you saw that uh, Jesus, he healed a man on the Sabbath, an invalid man for 38 years, as if giving him life from the dead. But instead of being amazed, how did the Jews respond? Uh, look down to verse 16, John 5, 16. This was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, he was calling God, his own father, making himself equal with God. Do you notice that was the accusation that the Jews had against him in verse 18, that he was making himself equal with God. And what follows in chapter 5 uh, is, imagine me, a divine courtroom. Uh, this language of testimony, witness, and judgment. And picture Jesus, he's on trial, uh, he's in the dock. And you have the Jews as the prosecution. And all of us were in the stands, observing, watching. And John, our author, he wants us to observe and come to a conclusion. Is Jesus really God? 
Well, one health warning before we look at our passage. Uh, if you're sleepy, uh, please grab a cup of coffee uh, because the passage that we're looking at, uh, it's a really hard passage. And I put stuff in the handout, hopefully trying to break down the passage first so that we can follow along. So if you're ready, uh, let's go. Okay, uh, we are there on our handout on our first point. Uh, you can believe because Jesus, he does what God does. Look down to verse 19 with me. So Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing on his own accord, but only what he sees his father doing. For whatever the father does, the son does likewise. For the father loves the son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him so that you may marvel. I notice what Jesus is saying there. Jesus only does what his father does. Now, what does Jesus do? Now, what is it that his father does? Look down to verse 21. For as the father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the son gives life to whom he will. The father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the son. Do you notice there are two great acts that Jesus does? He gives life and he judges. Now, back in the Old Testament, those are the two defining characteristics of the God of Israel. Uh, he is the Genesis God, the God who creates the world. But he's also the Exodus God, uh, the God who judges. And so what Jesus is saying here is that he does both acts, life-giving and judgment. Uh, both of them is given to Jesus. He's equal to God because he does what God does. Well, here's a side application for us to think about. Uh, whenever the New Testament talks about the divinity of Jesus, often it does so more than just ascribing the divine name Yahweh to Jesus. The main way it describes is in a functional way. Uh, he does only what the creator and the judge of all the earth can do. Uh, that's one for speaking to Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, Jesus is God because he does what God does. But also notice that this puts um, Muhammad's claim that Jesus is God. Well, it's quite, his claim is, is quite weak because it's easy for anyone to be claimed to be the last prophet. Uh, you just need to be born later than Jesus. But to claim that one does what God does, see that claim is on a different level. Look at verse 21 again. For as the father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the son gives life to whom he will. The father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the son. Okay, but how does the son give life and judgment? And, and the answer is right there in verse 24. It's through his words. Look at verse 24. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my words and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come to judgment, but has passed from death to life. Uh, truly, truly, uh, that's how this section is broken up. It happens three times, verse 19, verse 24, and also verse 25. And this is the second one. And so what Jesus is saying is that the way he carries out his life and judgment is not through some magical force, but through his words. And it makes sense if you think about it. Uh, Genesis 1, verse 3, and God 
said, let there be light. Uh, it's the same way that God acts in the Old Testament, speaking through his words. The same ability, the same medium. But then that raises the question, if Jesus is speaking in the present, uh, what does that mean for life and judgment? And that's on a third thing, that he gives life and judgment now, uh, today. I look down to verse 25. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. See, life and judgment is a final day event. Uh, it's an event that happens at the end of time. An hour is coming where there will be a resurrection of life and a resurrection of judgment. But you see, the thing is, if Jesus' words is the decisive factor and he's speaking now, that means that the decisive factor of life and judgment is happening in the present. Uh, verse 25, an hour is coming and it's now here. Uh, but one year before my wedding, uh, my wife, Matilda, who is sitting over there, um, went for a business trip. Um, and I um, decided to propose to her when she was on that trip. So I emailed the hotel and I said I wanted to propose uh, to, my, to my girlfriend. And the big surprise was that there was no issue with me going there. So I walked up to the hotel. They didn't really verify who I was. They allowed me into her room. Um, and on hindsight, there was a real security breach. Um, ask me later which hotel that is. <laughs> And so I waited there in the hotel room, and uh, finally when she came in, she had a fright of her life, and there I was. Uh, and so I got on one knee, and I said, will you marry me? And um, obviously she said yes. But you see, that yes that she mentioned was a decisive factor for our wedding one year later. Uh, this is not a perfect parallel, but his words, Jesus' words in the present is decisive for the future but it's more significant than a wedding. Eternal life and eternal judgment, they hang in the balance. You see, if his words is decisive of life and judgment and they break into the present, it brings the final day verdict today and now. Verse 25, truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here where the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. So you can believe because he does what his father does. He gives lives and he judges through his word. And here's the problem of, of thinking that Jesus is God as an academic question. You see, if Jesus' words, they are decisive of life and judgment, it very quickly becomes a personal response. You see, we are in the divine courtroom. Or we are watching the trials going on. You have Jesus in the dock and the Jews questioning him. But midway in the trial, he turns to you and he says, verse 24, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my words and believes him who sent me 
has eternal life. You see, because his words is where the power is, even as we read his words now, eternity hangs in the balance. Do you believe his words? Will it be the resurrection of life or the resurrection of judgment? Well, at that moment, uh, the Jews bang on the table and they say, objection, big words. What is your proof? Uh, who's there to back you up? And according to Jewish law, uh, you can't be your own witness. You need other witnesses to back you up. It's a big claim. Uh, who can back it up? And that's where we come to point number two on the handout. His witnesses testify. See, the first thing that Jesus does, he calls on to John the Baptist. And the Jews, they all recognize John the Baptist as a great prophet. And Jesus, sorry, John the Baptist, he bore witness to Jesus back in chapter 3, uh, saying that he, Jesus, must increase and I must decrease. But I think Jesus, he seemingly disregards John the Baptist as a witness, and he calls two other witnesses. Look down to verse 36. But the testimony I have is greater than that of John. For the works that my father has given me to accomplish, the very works that I'm doing, bear witness about me that the father has sent me. Uh, The first witness that Jesus calls to the table is his works, his miracles, his signs, a signs that point to his ability to give life. Uh, Chapter 2, the wedding of Cana. Chapter 4, raising uh, the official son from the dead. But also chapter 5, last week we saw, he was giving life on the Sabbath. Uh, On the Sabbath, creation life is what the creator God does. 38 years, the man was invalid. And Jesus told him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And the Jews saw um, this man who was invalid for 38 years, get up and walk. And so all his works, his signs point to the fact that Jesus has life-giving power. You see, his works bear witness. But his second witness, look down to verse 37. And the Father who has sent me has borne witness about me. His voice you've never heard, his form you've never seen, and you do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe the one whom he has sent. You search the scripture because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness about me. You see, the second witness that Jesus is calling is God's own voice through the scriptures. And so his point is saying that the Old Testament, or God's voice, bears witness about me. Isaiah chapter 40, John the Baptist was preparing the way of the Lord, Yahweh, and Jesus appears on the scene. Chapter 1, verse 45, Philip, he recognizes Jesus. We have found him, Philip says, the one who Moses and the prophets wrote about, Jesus of Nazareth. See, the whole Old Testament scriptures points to him, uh, Jesus, the promised Messiah. Two witnesses, his works, and God's voice through the scriptures. And notice this is a major contrast to all the other claims out there. Let's take Joseph Smith, um, who is um, the one who leads the Mormons. 
and let's and let's go with Muhammad as well. Both claim to have personal divine encounters with an angel, and they have a vision. But the question is, how do you verify that? Um, it's a personal encounter in a cave somewhere. But Jesus, his works, they are public works. Now, people saw the miracles, and it could be disputed if they were false. The next week, he fed the 5,000. You can't fake public miracles. But the scripture, it's also public. You, know, you can go to the British Library or go to Jerusalem, and you see the Isaiah scroll, the ancient manuscripts of the Old Testament. You can date them and verify. You can check Jesus' birthplace, his genealogy, uh, the prophecies that were spoken about him, all public and verifiable. See, it's his works and scripture that testify to him. And it's crazy for man to claim to be God, but it stops being crazy when he produces the goods, both with miracles of life-giving work, but also a thousand years of prediction supporting his claim. And the historic claims of Jesus is historically accurate. The divine claims of Jesus is totally verifiable. And so a divine courtroom, we're back there. Now Jesus, he brings out his two witnesses, his works, his life-giving power, and scriptures, irrefutable evidence. But then the crowds, you shout, objection. Uh, it was so obvious. Why did the Jews reject him? Why does the world today reject him? And here's, here we are, we're on our third point. Uh, but you can't believe, uh, you can't believe that he is God if you love the praise of men. Look down to verse 42. But I know you do not believe, you do not have the love of God within you. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, you will receive him. How can you believe when you receive the glory from one another and do not seek the glory that comes from the only God? Do you notice that the, the fundamental problem with the Jews and the world is that they love to seek glory from one another? If we want people to think well of us, to like us, to give us approval, we will never decide to believe in God. That is why teenage years is probably the most difficult parenting years, because being a teenager, all of us at some point, me especially, I'm preoccupied by what others think of me. And I want to signal to them that I'm, I'm like, I want to be liked by people around me. And in the worst case, the rules, the virtues, the ethics are defined by the content you find on TikTok. And so it becomes very hard to listen to your parents uh, because you want others to like you. The problem is authority, right and wrong, they're defined by social media. But it's the same when we grow up. See, the Jewish leaders, they were preoccupied by what others thought of them. And they were virtue signaling to show that they were good. They created their own laws, traditions, and virtues to suit them. And so caught up with appearing uh, uh, virtuous to each other. And it resulted in real blindness, even when God was standing in front of them. And our world's the same. 
Our world is preoccupied by what others think and virtue signaling uh, to show that we are virtuous. Society creates its own ethics, traditions and values to suit itself. Uh, perhaps in your office too, your own rules and ethics and virtues uh, to suit yourselves. And there's real blindness when the evidence is laid in front of them. Uh, they can't believe in God because they love the praise that comes from men. Well, what is the outcome? When God is standing in front of them with public miracles and scripture to verify, even when God himself is reasoning with them, even when they had all the scriptures to verify, the Jews went, shut up, Jesus. Have you said enough? Verse 44, how can you believe when you receive glory from one another and do not seek the glory that comes from the only God? Well, that's a lot to chew on this lunchtime. Um, you can believe because he does what God does and his witnesses testify. But you can't believe if you love the praise of men. But if you trust in Jesus' words, I think this is an encouragement to those of you who do trust today. Uh, for me to say, I am God, uh, it's a bit wacky, it's a bit bonkers, but it's perfectly logical for Jesus to say that. Uh, but perhaps uh, you might be someone who wants to find that out a bit more, and that's fine. I do keep coming back as we find out more about who Jesus is over the next coming weeks. But if you recognize him as God, uh, the only right response is to bow the knee and to believe his words. Verse 24. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my words and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come to judgment, but has passed from death to life. Let me pray. Father, we praise you for the words of Jesus. And we pray that we may prove to be those who hear his words and believe. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.